Well, uh, look at you. You've uh, you really dressed up for this podcast, haven't you? Well, I wouldn't really say that. Well, talking about dressing up, um, in this sixth episode of the podcast, the four speeches every leader has to know, we'll talk about the importance of knowing, uh, developing, and using what we call your rhetorical wardrobe. So what is really a rhetorical wardrobe, uh, you are? Well, the rhetorical wardrobe are the garments, so to speak, available for a particular speaker at a particular occasion. Um, and he or she, the leader, uses these garments, words, gestures, metaphors, stories, symbols, examples, and so forth. So it's not really, or not only, merely the the clothes you put on. So should I uh, wear a turtleneck for this? Should I wear a suit and tie? Should I um, dress up in a particular way? It's sort of what you clothe yourself with the things you say, in a sense. Is that is that the idea behind the rhetorical wardrobe? Yes, I suppose so. So, so, so in, in a sense, um, well, this depends, of course, on the uh, context. But in, for instance, in the Norwegian context, um, your dialect is something that is thought to give you away. If you have a certain dialect that brings a certain uh, brings certain connotations with it. Uh, in other cultures where you have more of a established sort of common uh, standard language, it, it plays out a bit differently. But uh, that could be part of your uh, rhetorical wardrobe, couldn't it? Yes, it could. But but it's um, it's also something that you can change you can you can choose uh from um many of those um um words and gestures they they are not just um uh, glued to you in a sense you can change uh them and a dialect i i suppose most of us cannot change that so easily it's more part of our um, story isn't that uh, of who we are yes yeah. And and it's um, what you can change in your story. However, um, are the 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 parts that you put together in that story, how how you frame it, yeah, how you order it in a way. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, in your rhetorical wardrobe, in your uh, there are you have a certain set of stories you could use, metaphors, words, symbols. Uh, you can be Highly energetic and talk very quickly, or you can be speaking slowly with a more compassionate voice. And this could all be part of you in a sense, but it has to be sort of fine-tuned with the situation, isn't that right? Or with the occasion. Yes, and it should be suited to your needs in that uh, occasion. So, for example, if you are uh, addressing... um, a very uh, tragic event, perhaps um, the quality of your sound should be a bit different than when you are ecstatic over uh, having uh, uh, received a funding or a, or a success at a certain um, stage. It, it should be reflected in your um, how you you are perceived by the listeners or the spectators. And um, 
and I think we have a certain uh, freedom or uh, certain elements to choose from that are not alien to our personality in a sense. But still, um, well, if I hear you right, it's about being in some sense true to yourself, but also true to the situation in some in some way. Uh, but also it's possible to expand that wardrobe. It, you can rehearse, you can... You can explore how is my voice? Can I speak more slowly? Uh, is there a deeper tone to my voice? I don't have to. Uh, I mean, so, so, so there is a register here to yes to uh, a bandwidth, so to say. Yes, and and it, I think um, um, many of us uh, seek what is comfortable in our ears, mm. but it's it's not necessarily what is perceived as natural or or organic to your personality from outside. From the outside. So the so difference here between your intended uh, aim and the effect it has on the audience. That's that's a, that's the, the key clue. Thing. That's a that, key thing. Yes. Uh, so um, when you work to expand your rhetorical wardrobe, we all know that um, very often starting a speech it could be powerful to use a story uh, and probably then thinking through how do I tell stories and how can I be better at telling stories if I need to rehearse that or uh, it's a good thing to rehearse simply and to find the stories that uh, connect you with the thing or with the, the argument that you want to bring forward so that you in some sense become one with the argument, isn't that? Yes, no. and, and you th- there are... Um Many, uh, w- w- many things that you can you can do to uh, to emphasize um, what you're doing. For example, uh, the classic um, the classic argument from the Roman uh, rhetorical uh, tradition is the way you hold your hand, and yes, you can sir. you can also um, you can you can move your hands quickly or you can move it slowly, and that is maybe alien to us uh, today, but it's a very effective element. Then you can, you can s- look at your hand when you are moving uh, it, and it could be sort of, um, it, could, it could strengthen and enhance a certain aspect of, 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 your, the argument. of the argument. And even when you said looking at, uh, the, the look of the, or the way you use your eyes, uh, as a speaker, is also a powerful tool, isn't it? Sort of part of your rhetorical wardrobe. So uh, do I look someone straight in the eye, which is probably not the, the right thing to do, but maybe I want to look uh, a bit befo- be- uh, beyond you or right above your eyes, and uh, or do I look in my hand, as you just mentioned? or uh, uh, Because that s- uh, signals a sort of direction, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And, and if you are uh, addressing an audience... Um, uh, maybe there's a there's um, a face or a a person that you you perceive as friendly or as mm. as um, uh, some uh, someone you can ident- identify as the, the the person is just not, not it's not just the mask but it's a person who represents the mask in a sense. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, and you can talk to that person, and and maybe your voice would be. Would have a different quality, perhaps uh, uh, would be 
it would be perhaps easier to uh, envision yourself as addressing that person instead of just addressing the whole crowd. It's it's pretty basic, isn't it? If we talk to a child or talk with a child, it does something to our voice very often. Yes. Or if we talk to our parents or a friend. So who do you imagine as your sort of... uh, imaginary uh, or maybe not so imaginary but part of the crowd sort of typical audience is a way to think through how you use your rhetorical wardrobe in that particular occasion isn't it yes and it's it's not about uh being um effective in a neutral sense but it's it's about being effective um as an instrument for your course or for for your argument so so you have to tilt yourself like a singer who is Perhaps uh, if a singer w- would sing a, a song that is very um, uh, is very um, um, should we say um, moving? No. Yes, but but moving in a very in in a very lightly sense. It's addressing very fine-tuned feelings. Uh, she or or he would would then perhaps perform it um, more. Um, laid back or, or not so aggressive. It, they will yeah. perhaps then sing it, sing it softly and gently, and yeah. and, and and the the same because they're they what they are singing about is soft, a soft and gently framed message. Exactly. Uh, before we, I mean, in our podcast about the four speeches, I really rest. You know, we obviously looked at um, the four different speeches, the the opening speech, the executioner speech, uh, the consolation speech, and the farewell speech. And we'll soon look at some examples of how the rhetorical wardrobe uh, perspective may play out with these different uh, four different speeches. But before we get that, uh, something that has puzzled me. Uh, I'm interested in, in football, uh, soccer, for those of you in the, the American context. And managers in football some of them uh, choose to dress up in training gear for a game others dress up in suit and tie as this is a sort of formal event and others like Pep Guardiola of Manchester City he looks like he's coming entering a sort of fashion show and sort of H&M model or whatever it is Uh, this is maybe an insult to those of you City fans or Guardiola fans but Anyhow, this is, of course, a part of the clothing, but the clothing here also sends a message, doesn't it, of how do I enter this game? Am I one of the guys ready to jump in, in training gear? What would be your take on it? Yes, I, I think that we could see the um, in, in the history of, of, um, of oratory, we can see a change from... Uh, Cicero to Quintilian, the, the famous uh, Roman um, uh, uh, educator of of, um, of uh, um, speakers, and with Quintilian, it is like your personality should be, in that sense, um, bathed, so to speak, in in learning, in in being uh, uh, moderate and, and tilted towards your um, argument that you are uh, the, the words that you put on is like a natural clothing to you uh-huh. so you um, 
the 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 way that you use the metaphors um, are just a prolongation a, of uh, yes of you in a sense. It, it, it is a it is a like a like a effect like a like a product of your soul, uh-huh. and and this is it displays yes your yes. qualities in a way. Exactly, and the, the, but then the question uh, arises: What is your soul? And and that is <laughs> Even a very more difficult. So today, yeah. Yes, and that's a very difficult uh, thing to to um, to to answer. And I think uh, for most um, leaders and speakers, maybe the, the the right thing is: How do you want people to perceive to be your soul? If you take yeah. Quintilian's um, doctrine uh, verbally and. And maybe we should. Maybe we should see uh, the the words that we use as expressions of, of our of who we are, of who we are, are. ourselves. Yeah. Yes. So, but let let's get to some of the examples. If you were uh, the leader of a new company, a new CEO, and you were to give an opening speech, a sort of this is the first time you speak to a large group of your staff or the whole group of your staff. What should you think of uh, in terms of using and uh, uh, your rhetorical wardrobe? Well, let us if if we if we um, rewind to your uh, example with the football managers. Exactly. Uh, the the man who enters a football stadium mm-hmm. with a with a tie and and, and suit, he would be <clears throat> he would not be or she, or she <laughs> they would not be. Uh, one of the players, they would not identify as closely with the players. They would more be like um, um, like um, directors. They would be uh, sort of co- commanders. Uh, it signals a sort of distance, doesn't yes. it? An, an element of the elitarian. Yeah, well, maybe but, not this elitarian, but, but different in roles. Different in roles, yeah, because... Uh, a friend of mine who's been a professional footballer, he's, he finds it ridiculous with those who put on training gears, but as he says, as if they were going to jump in and play. Yes. Uh, so he, 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 he really appreciates this suit and tie thing because for him it signals that they are role confident. In yes, sense. yes. But, the, but the, uh, those who, who dress up in, in, in training garments, I think what they want to signal is that they identify very closely with the obviously, players. Obviously. And there's also a, an, an interesting strategy because when they are speaking then, they have to sort of, their, their words, if, if it should be consistent with their clothing, mm. uh, they should be also reflected. Uh, uh, they cannot just tell the players what to do, but, but they have to operate uh, from within the group. Yeah, but doesn't it, I mean, uh, how... The garments you put on, whether they are actual clothes or words, stories, metaphors, they will be judged uh, in terms of how they correspond or uh, prolong not just your message, but also the legacy of that firm or the company that you're entering into. So is this is this sort of a down-to-earth uh, place or is it uh, a more loftier place with uh, sort of a great history and you can draw on the large uh, grand metaphors yes it, I, it does play a role doesn't it it, it does and uh, perhaps when you pick up um, 
the uh, the words or the clothes, you should consider the history of of the club. Of the it, club. it would be a different thing of of entering Tottenham Hotspur, um, uh, the the upper side of London, with a. Um, with a training garment than entering Liverpool, who, at least in, in the 80s, supported poor, um, poor members of, of the larger society uh, with, uh, with uh, cheap tickets for, for their football matches. So the, the, the history... The, the history, history you, plays a role. Yeah. It plays a role. And how you tap into that history. Yeah. You, you could then break with history, of course, but that is a risky thing to do. Yeah, because then you... It's a bit like uh, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. You've heard it been said, but I'm I'm telling you. So you really you start take tradition. on a messianic uh, role here if you really start. It. Yes, and 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 the uh, and and the question arises then: Who are you to to, to cl- make this claim? To make this claim, uh, what do you, what do you bring on or, or what or what grounds? Uh, so, um, but if let's say if you you move into a company with a sort of mediocre history. Uh, there's nothing, nothing very grand here, but you want to, you want to envision something with a that is bigger than this company. Um, could it be an idea to draw on stories or metaphors that point to something bigger that this company might be a part of? But it's not just the company itself. You see, what I mean, if you're a school headmaster and this is a small uh, countryside school, you could be. The school itself may have a very short and not very impressive history, but the history of teaching formation or bringing up children is a big thing that you could tap into, or uh, the, the idle uh, virtue of learning something. Yes, the uh, and the um, there is a great difference of of just doing business as usual and and tapping into a great history of erudition that is sort of um, more than the actual institution itself. However, when you tap into that great tradition, you should be careful because it's like uh, uh, dressing up, um, for example, my, my uh, in, in a in a party uh, with my, one of, or, or in in one of the the houses next close to me, um, I live among farmers, and dressing up in a in a Parisian costume, with a with a hot couture sort of yeah. yes, a, a very flashy um, garment would 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 make the statement you don't belong here. So, so the, the so you have to in some ways you have to tap into something that is there already. Yes, but you can sort of um, you could tilt it in in yeah. a certain in a certain way, but and, but and, and, and tell people, hey, look at this. We've got this neat little thing here, and that's actually a big thing. Yeah, if you look more closely. Yeah. Yes, or it has the 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 potential whole, to, the be, potential to yeah. become something very very yeah. very great so, and uh, grand. Yeah. So with the opening speech, then uh, really think about the history of the thing you're going to lead, the legacy, what sort of stories, what are the questions that can direct you towards the future. But with the execution speech, uh, how should the leader use his or her rhetorical wardrobe for the execution speech? Yeah. Uh, I think um, uh, my advice would be to be very uh, concise and short 
And if if you speak of actual clothing, yeah. uh, very formal. Yeah. Uh, because people know uh, what if what what the the roles are, and they understand that. And I think one of the most um, depressing things uh, of modern uh, leadership and communication theories is that they think that people are stupid in a sense <laughs> that it's, it's the, the very 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 nor- normal people have great capacities of understand what's going on yeah. and if you try to frame that, them people or, sense it straight they, away they, they will sense it the, if, if there's the a knife lie. is coming the guillotine is here. And, and and it's just to admit that uh, well i I, I have to to close this factory, or I have to say no to this. You have I, to go, and and and, and or oh, yes, you are fired. Yeah. I I know it's painful, but I have to do it. it, it this and you have this to do kind it with of, a certain cleanliness, don't you? In in a sense, if you enter the um, emergency room of a surgeon, you want it to be well prepared, clean, concise. Uh, so yes. this is what it is. There are not many other things disturbing. And the knife should be, um, I think, uh, small and very well uh, has a ver- have a very. It should have a very um, uh, neat and and uh, and sharp edge. Yeah. So you so you trust that this is done in the best possible manner. So um, the execution speech probably not a good place to tell the long stories about your grandfather and how uh, blah 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 he lived up there and there so so it's a place to be very very uh, hold back the metaphoric in a sense just be keep, stick to the argument stick to the the one story in the, the, the cold, past and, yes uh, to the cold facts yeah exactly but th- there is um, an element in in the language and that is that it's not entirely controllable and th- therefore, um, we say that you should show up in person. It's it's these layoff uh, announcements announcements that are that come either on emails or press or, releases or, or, or press re- or, or papers or announcements given in a certain uh, uh, automatic pre taped video sort of thing. Yes, yeah. that is very very a very very um, dangerous strategy because it it might be. Um, the the effect of uh, that code or that's the, the 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 lines that you have written may not be correctly received as you intended. The effect might be different than your intention, and it's much better to be there in, because in then, then you can adjust exactly. your communi- communication. So sort of you want to control the communication by doing it one way by sending a press release or email. Uh, in a sense, it doesn't um, do courtesy to the what you could call the apparatic uh, uh, nature of this. It awaits a response in some sense. Something's going to happen on the other end. Yes, and it, uh, things might have changed just overnight because yeah. if, if you prepare it the, the, the a, day before, in a slip second. Yeah, exactly. And and the, these um, these things. Uh, um, are very it's very painful for a leader to to announce budget cuts and so forth but it should be painful and 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 it yeah. and it's it's not 
uh, for a brave leader, we most leaders want to be brave, and then you should should uh, meet up in person. Yeah, and then that's a way to signal that I'm I'm willing to go into this pain in a sort of sense. I'm, yes, uh, it's your pain is not mine, but I'm taking on the pain of announcing this in a proper way. So, uh, with a consolation speech, um, some sort of let's say a, a statesman addressing a nation in grief um, after a tragedy of a certain uh, size. Uh, how should you how should you use your rhetorical wardrobe then? Well, it is... Um, Obviously, people await, I, await some sort of compassion, don't they? Or some sort of... Uh, but it's a difficult situation. I, th- I think one should be um, aware of of um, the that there are um, many many traps to fall into, and I think the, the, the it's a moment of of um, of poetic um, yeah. uh, some poetic Crafting, skills cr- yeah. or craft, yes, yeah. and and uh, then tradition also becomes very important. I think it's it's diff- different from culture to culture. Oh. And um, uh, but I, I I think that people expect the 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 statesman to to be uh, or the, or the stateswoman to be there and to say something uh, on behalf of the nation or, or on behalf of the the the, the larger society mm-hmm. and so and she sense- or he is, is not only representing um, herself uh, but. It is. Uh, she also feels a symbolic nature. Mm. So, um, take your mandate from those in grief, in a sense, and and position yourself in a position that fits with your role. Is that right? And 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 then, if you're going to use stories metaphoric, it has to be reflective of that role. But it also you have to be really careful that you. Uh, uh, when you describe something that you don't uh, position yourself somewhere where you're not, where you're, uh, yes, and but but people are very forgiving if you are if you are um, showing um, uh, compassion in a in a, in by, stu- by, by stuttering, by just, for, uh, yes, by just stu- stuttering, for instance, that uh, uh, people can sense that this is affecting you in some sense. Yes, and and the. And the amount of of um, of letting um, the more moving parts of your r- response come to the fore—that's also a, a cultural thing. But I think people with sense, people are smart. Mm-hmm. I think leaders should always think that those who are listening, they are smart. They will understand. And even if you are, so once again, back to Quintilian in the sense of how do you. How is your soul projected, in, uh, or how how is your inner? People will look for. Is your heart with this in some sense? Yeah. yeah. Well, your heart will be it. If if yeah. if, if you if you think you can you can fool them or or, yeah. or trick them, I think that is uh, you shouldn't do that. But 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 also um, consider that there's uh, there there is a, a certain. Um, Variation that you can allow yourself and still be true to yourself, mm. and also to your, a, to, your, to your once again, yeah, yeah. yes, and, and also to your role. Yeah. Um, 
but a sense of what has to be said and what has to be it, it, it is it is perceived as I think as as um, as as a faithful interpretation of the situation at hand. But still, I think most people would expect uh, someone addressing grief to speak more in the tone that I'm speaking now than the energetic, or probably more energetic approach of an opening speech. So, so this of how slow can I speak and still be there sort of sense is, is a way of holding that moment, isn't it? Or, uh, yes, and and by speaking slowly and also give your, lowering, your, your, lowering your, your register is also, or speaking in a lower register would also um, communicate confidence in what you're saying this is this is going to be all right because this is this is the the sound that we have heard from our parents when we were children and they wanted to comfort right. us yeah so when you are, are taking on um on a comforting role um the, the, it, it might be just uh, a good idea as you say just to lower your voice and speak slowly it's going to to be all right yeah Maybe not say that it's going to be all right, no. but, but the <laughs> voice will signal that. So uh, the last uh, part here, uh, the, the farewell speech, which is usually thought of to be that sort of thank you speech. The rhetorical wardrobe then, should you signal that now I'm no longer in training gear or is it a more festive thing where I put on suit and tie uh, or should my words be in a more celebrative uh, sort of, uh, yeah, elevated mode. Well, I think um, the um, uh, the, uh, the the words um, that we found in in the um, in the farewell speech uh, also uh, throws uh, a certain light on 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 what we're talking about now because they they use actually uh, larger words than we expected. It was not just. Um, um, it was not just a thank you here and thank you there and uh, yes. particularly thank you to my family, but they also used their eyes were, metaphors. Were, uh, their eyes were directed to the future. Instead. Yes, exactly. And 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 it was not just about the past uh, and 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 giving thanks to to all those who have have uh, joined or or and and um, or the course that yeah. and 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 been a part of of of. Uh, the, the company, but it's also a, a strong statement of how you think, what, what, is, what will be important in the future. So um, the rhetorical wardrobe is something you can, you're always, you're always using it, whether you, you're conscious or not, in, in some sense, you, but you can also work to get to know it and maybe expand it. You can uh, enhance your register, your bandwidth, uh, to use that sort of metaphor. And uh, in our book, we mention a very particular example of how uh, Nelson Mandela puts on a jersey, uh, the Springbok jersey, which was the sing uh, symbol of the oppressor. And uh, that was in the 1995 uh, Rugby World Cup when uh, South Africa won that, and which usually was the Afrikaner sport. But here he, it's a bit like you described this move from Quintilian, of how he this is also me. Uh, you're, he, he was making a larger me, which 
at the same time was also the largest, possibly larger South Africa in a sense. Yes, and he identifies with uh, the country that he is going to represent in the future. It's in a, a surprising it's way, about, one must in say. In a surprising way. Yeah. And it, it just it just underlines your point that the register is potentially very, very large. And 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 uh, it's like uh, with the language. Th- th- there are words that we tend to avoid because they, we, they, we they seem... We think we can't own them. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. they seem a bit... A foreign distant, to us. Foreign and, and, a, and at a distant. But at the same time, uh, I think the the um, the house of language is is such a it has many rooms and more we, rooms than we think of usually. Yes, yes and, and and we can enter many of them, and we don't lose ourselves even if we are not. Um, well, I I I cannot use uh, the same words as as uh, my uh, children. Uh, because I, I I will play the uh, the wrong role in in, yeah. in my home, yeah. but I could know of them and I could sort of, sort of allude to them, hint at what they yeah exactly. So in your to to end with that metaphor of the house, there might be stories metaphors in your basement or in your attic that you could explore and start to own that could also make your career as leader much broader than you've uh, thought of and. Particularly if the terrain is changing, then it would be worth uh, expanding that wardrobe so that you have something to use. So good luck on uh, working and uh, expanding your uh, rhetorical wardrobe. Um, I'm Bård Nordheim. And I'm Joa Hager.